if we look at the broader space, I think the security of payment, security funds becomes a very important thing. Over the next couple of months and years, it is no longer just about offering a digital payment, but it is also providing a digital payment that is reliable, that is secure, and hopefully bringing cost efficiency for the users as well. Welcome to the Payments Powerhouses podcast, where we discuss current trends with the movers and shakers in the fintech industry. Brought to you by 2C2P, your trusted payment solutions provider in Asia and beyond. Hi, everyone. Our guest today is Kelvin Lam, the Chief Operating Officer at Utrip. Prior to his current role, Kelvin was the Managing Director in Hyphen Group, a marketplace for financial products across Singapore, Hong Kong, Taiwan, and the rest of Asia with brand names like SingSaver and Sidley in Singapore to help users make the best financial decisions. And before that, Kelvin was at UBS Investment Bank, advising tech, consumer, financial corporates on merger acquisitions and capital market transactions. Hi, Kelvin. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me today. Great. So, could you talk us through your career journey? Like, was it a natural transition from the banking world to the fintech sector? Wasn't really a very natural transition. I, I probably didn't think about it when I first started my career. So like you mentioned, I started my career in investment banking. There was around the 08-09 period of time where it is right after the global financial crisis, the worst financial market back then. But then the good thing is we are also seeing the boom of the overall tech market. It was about the time where the second tech boom is going up over there. I spent a lot of time like working with tech companies, advising their IPOs, M&A, and things like that as well. But really wasn't my thing to say, like, let me jump in over there. It was around 2014, having spent a couple of years in banking, I realized, hey, let me take a break. I actually go a little bit like YOLO. I was solo backpacking for like a year without a job. I was just traveling. Where do you go? Latin America, mostly. So I was just traveling around different places. Then I came back home. I was thinking about, hey, what's the next plan for my career? Why don't we try a little bit more like the tech side of things since I've been in banking a lot of the times to advise tech clients. And I think this is a time where I joined Hyphen Group back then, where we really started off building different financial marketplaces. The beginning journey is very uncomfortable. I started off my career in a very corporate environment. Now going into the fintech side, you need to be very hands-on. You also work with people of very different kind of background. Over time, you realize that you are really making something very impactful. Like you see the impact of what you do in fintech much, much faster than what you can do in the banking society and the banking sector. That's the reason why I started being very hooked on this industry and now here I am. How was it like back then, like 2014 fintech versus now? Could you share some experiences or comparison? Around that period of time, there are a lot of hot topics around digital payments. How do we digitize certain parts of banking and sort of things? Fast forward to now, they're no longer even hot topics. You know, they are just the common everyday things that we expected. And, you know, especially given how COVID has changed the market, digital payments has become a norm. You know, like digital banking, as we're talking in Singapore, is also really on the rise. So I think it's really much more different. The overall sector also grows a lot bigger. We see a lot of people who come from traditional finance banking industry. They really also go into the fintech sector as well. Great. So for the benefit of listeners, could you briefly explain what is Utrip? Sure. So Utrip, we are a Southeast Asian-based fintech with a focus in Singapore and Thailand fintech to really focus on bringing money borderless. 
we offer a multi-currency wallet in Singapore, Thailand, and hopefully soon in many other places to really give users the best exchange rates when they pay overseas or in foreign currencies as well. Currently in Singapore and Thailand, we are one of the earliest and the largest multi-currency providers in those regions. At the same time, we also launched UVIS, which is sort of our B2B product to the users, hopefully to bring in the same proposition, but to the B2B world. So from a Utrip core product standpoint, who are your core users, your core audience? Our core audience are one, travelers for sure. Two, are also users who really shop online a lot, especially when it comes to overseas currencies. And thirdly, it is also actually a lot of users who really just want to enjoy the convenience and the simplicity of the product that we provide to them to bring them a very simple and seamless payment journey for their daily lives. And you mentioned Singapore as well as Thailand users, they can sign up. How about users from other countries as well? Would they be able to tap into Utrip? Currently, we only offer our products to users in these two countries, but we are also looking to expand to the rest of Southeast Asia as well. So you mentioned travelers, but during the pandemic period, was there a shift in terms of how consumers use Utrip? How was it like back then and how do you manage that? Maybe you can walk us through like the journey of Utrip, what you have seen in terms of patterns for the consumer. Thanks for asking that. The COVID period of time, especially when it first started, was particularly difficult for us, largely because large part of our volume is really going to travelers. Many of our users, they use Utrip because they are using it overseas when they're traveling. So in the very beginning of the pandemic, we also really go back to our room to really think a lot about like what are the things that we can do. We do see from the factual numbers that the volume has come down. But then when we started spending more time to speak to our users, we also do realize that the use for multi-currency payment is still there. It's just that the venue changes from a physical locations overseas to online shopping. For example, two years ago, online shopping really goes up by a lot. And then we're not just talking about the local shopping online e-commerce experience, but also a lot of times overseas. Our Singapore users, they were buying things from Amazon US, they were buying things from Taobao in China. And a lot of them, they really have a lot of multi-currency needs. That's where we come in. During the period of the pandemic, we spent a lot of time to educate our users to roll out more partnerships and features to really help our users to pay smarter, to pay with the best exchange rate when it comes to the online purchase journey. I think you have done quite a good job. I mean, I'm a Utrip user myself. Thank you for that. And whenever someone goes overseas, general, I hear friends or families recommend Utrip to non-Utrip users in terms of what's the best card to spend, best exchange rate to use. And usually Utrip is uh, top of mind. And I really enjoy your services. I'm keen to learn more. So Utrip has secured quite a few strategic partnerships over the years. Would you be able to share some of the notable ones? The first and most important partner is when we first launched the product in 2018, we started working with EasyLink and MasterCard to launch this product. Back in the days, we started off as a very new fintech company. No one really knew about us. And our ask to the users is, trust us to put the money with us when you're traveling overseas. If you think about it, when you go overseas, when you travel, you have a lot of insecurities. And especially when it comes to money, then you always want to really put it in parties that you trust. 
the partnership with MasterCard and with EasyLink when we first started the product really helped to give a lot of confidence to the users. And then at the same time, we can really use our strength, which is building technology infrastructure to help to provide the best services to the users. Ever since then, partnerships has always been one of our key focus as a business. As we launched Thailand, we also partner with KBank, one of the largest banks in Thailand over there, to make sure that we, again, can provide trust to the users. But at the same time, you do what we do best, which is to bring in technological infrastructure and innovations to bring in the best features for the users. Along the way, we will also be sharing even more exciting updates and exciting offers to the users as well. So it's basically empowering the traveler's experience, right? Yeah, I think it's very important to us because we started off very focused on just payment side of things when we launched Utrip to our users. Over time, we do realize that, you know, it's just way more than just about payment when it comes to traveling. So we created a lot of content. We write our own blog. We probably are one of the few payment providers that is really very heavily invested in creating content because we want to create more itinerary, travel-related information to the users. Then we launch our partnership with Hongkong Insurance, for example, mm. to launch insurance to the users with the most seamless possible method for them to get insurance. Kind of like a one-stop shop for travelers. Even before they travel, they can access and get their insurance, for example, prep their data traveling, and of course, getting really affordable, easy access, FX rates when they shop. Yeah. So you haven't been in the space for a while. What are the major changes or shifts or trends that you have witnessed in the fintech industries? If I scope the whole fintech space you know, on the payment side of things, especially over the last couple of years, as we discussed earlier, digital payment has really come to a very widespread and very widely adopted means of payment for users right now. Thanks or not thanks to COVID, I think this is really one of the key drivers. If we look at local payments in Singapore, PayNow, digital payment, and obviously for us, Utrip using non-cash payment has really become a very dominant means of payment for the users. On a cross-border basis, we also see, for example, Singapore and Thailand cooperating on the different local payment system. There is now interoperability between the PayNow system versus the PromPay system in Thailand. So it's really bringing all the bits and pieces together on the digital payment side. But then I think the very recent changes, especially over these couple of months, is users are no longer just thinking about the accessibility to digital payment. Increasingly more concerns and need on the security of the payment by itself. If we look at the broader space when it comes to the crypto, the blockchain side, I think the security of the certain payment, security of funds becomes a very, very important thing. So even here in Singapore, we also see a lot of different public concerns when it comes to scam cases and things like that as well. We see over the next couple of months and years, it is no longer just about offering a digital payment, but it is also providing a digital payment that is reliable, that is secure, and hopefully bringing cost efficiencies for the users as yeah. well. Yeah. So you mentioned security, also you mentioned scams. I mean, recently there are a lot of scams that are becoming more sophisticated as well. I guess coming from a YouTube user standpoint, like what are the measures that are put in place to enhance the security for the users? In the Singapore landscape, for example, we are probably one of the earliest adopters when it comes to all the digital notification. We are really making sure that we spend our time to notify the users as early as they can. We are also doing a lot of education to users to remind them, especially when they are spending overseas, going to make payment on cross-border merchants, what are the things that they need to watch out and what are the pain points or the potential loopholes that they need to avoid. 
At the same time, like our digital payment, we obviously adopt all forms of 2FAs on our overall infrastructure as well. Talking about future as well, so will Utrip be enabling users to accept crypto anytime soon? This has always been one of the key topics that we have been discussing. Myself and many of the team members, we are super, super enthusiastic about the overall digital token payment side of things. One of the key considerations we very much focus on is the stability of the value of certain payment means. Currently, like most of the cryptos, except for the stable coins, it is still a huge fluctuation when it comes to the money, which makes it not a very reliable means, especially when you're going overseas. Let's think about it. The FX market, the foreign currency market, even if you're talking about US dollar, Sing dollar, you already need to worry about the exchange rate. And just offering another even less stable currency to them doesn't seem to serve the purpose that we are trying to achieve for the users. In the future, hopefully as a stable coin or other forms of more stable value tokens become more mature, become more secure, and hopefully become more well-governed, I think this is the time we can also introduce more of such payment means to the users to hopefully provide more options there. Probably from the standpoint of stablecoins first or CBDC as well. In our region itself, central banks are actively running pilots, both from a retail and also a commercial standpoint. Yeah, for us in Utrip, we are an active participant to the overall fintech ecosystem. Like we are part of the fintech association. We're also leading the payments subcommittee overall. This has always been one of the key topics that we very much focus on. We are also seeking a lot of feedbacks from our users to really find out what their real needs are. Right now, 80% of the crypto market is about speculation making profit. But I think there is still that 10-20% super, super valuable use case where we can help to make payments more seamless, easy, and at the same time secure for the users. So what can the users expect for next year, which you'll be able to share? One exciting thing for us is, apart from going into the consumer space, we also launch our product in the business space. So UBiz is a B2B product. We basically bring in the idea of YouTube. We think about how we can also help to benefit the overall business communities. It is a first ever in the market, a corporate multi-currency card, together with one of the most advanced finance management system for the users. We are spending a lot of time to build up this overall product, and hopefully you'll be able to see more things to come as well. And currently, is it only for Singapore and Thailand for UBIS? Currently for UBIS, we started in Singapore, and we're slowly looking to expand the product further in the rest of South Asia as well. Exciting. So Utrip marks its fourth year with a reality TV theme celebration that runs throughout August, something called the Birthday Tripping Season 4, where we see an episode offering a different experience and surprise for contestants. Were you involved in the campaign, and how was it received? I think all the credits goes to our very, very creative marketing team. I take no credit on that. One of the key success factors for us in YouTube since the very beginning is really generating words of mouth. Mm. Uh, if you look at our brand, many of our users always come to us and say, hey, I don't see you in billboards, I don't see you in TV ads. And the truth is, yeah, we, we really don't spend that much time mm. or money in that. We really spend a lot of time cultivating our user experience, cultivating the community that we have in the users in Singapore and Thailand. The camping that you mentioned is one of the examples of that. It is a camping to celebrate our anniversary, but I think it's not just a celebration to the company or to the people working in the company. Most important is to the users who have been with us. This is 
Very creative campaign, very well received by our users. We have more than 10,000 users joining us online for this campaign. We also hold our first ever physical event to finally get to meet the users. More than 200 people showed up. It is a very heartwarming moment for me personally and hopefully for many of our users. It's a good time to connect and to share more about the travel stories and the user experience with Utrip. Yeah, I really like the promotions and activities that YouTube has done. Whenever I load the app, I always find something new. When I was browsing through the app, I saw there's a $1 flight giveaway promotion going on, which is really innovative as well for the users. So we all look forward for more fun campaigns by your team. I think they resonate well to the users and we look forward to more exciting features. Absolutely. A shout out to many of our partners as well. For example, the $1 flight camping is really a camping that we work together with Mastercard and Singapore Airlines. So basically, the whole camping idea is if you're active users of Utrip, you will get a chance to win a $1 ticket to different places around the world. This is an opportunity for us to really give back to the users and also hopefully they will be using Utrip even more. So I guess Utrip and you yourself as a meeting associated a lot with traveling. Is there any sort of memorable travel experience you can share? I am a very frugal traveler, especially solo backpacking in, in Latin America for a year. So unfortunately, a lot of the very memorable experiences are sometimes the bad experience as well. <laughs> uh, it was a time where, for example, like I was like traveling in Brazil. That was like right after the World Cup final. We really get a very hard time with the robbers. But the good thing is I actually even stopped traveling with a phone. I was using paper map for probably six months of time and only using the computer to communicate with families when I'm staying in the hostel. But I think it also brings back the importance of digital device and digital communication. I thought, you know, the moment when I come back, I really feel like, oh, wow, it's really a good time to be back to the digital world and do more things personally and most importantly business-wise to, to bring more things to users. Great. I think with that, we have reached the end of the podcast. So thank you very much, Kelvin, for taking the time to come over. And if you need any traveling advice, feel free to reach out to Kelvin. Uh, look for him on LinkedIn. Thank you. Thank you, Kelvin. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe or follow this show. You can also find 2C2P on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. To read more about this conversation, go to 2C2P.com slash blog.